Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the book of Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and the spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the, prisons, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And from the book of Matthew, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, as we... um journey into the God's word, let us uh, take a moment for prayer. God of freedom, your beloved meets us right where we are, right where we are and nowhere else. You are immersed in the flow of our very life. By Christ's humility and solidarity, rise Raise us up from fear, from guilt, empower, encourage us. May we become a people of peace, of justice. Become a people that believe that we are loved. And live from that place. May we see Christ in all things in all people, and believe that they are loved and treat them so. God, I pray that you would open us up. Whether we get cracked open, whether we get broken open, whether we surrender, open us up to your word, to your spirit, open our body, our mind, our heart, and our soul to your presence here this morning. And may you use the words of a broken man like me for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, at Elsels, we go through what we call the church calendar, a thing that the church has been doing for many, many years. And we enter in this season, the season after Christmas, after Advent, called Epiphany. 
And that may mean nothing to you, and that is totally okay. And what I've come is to know is it's my favorite season in all of it. There feels to be all this energy, all this hope of like, I wonder what this year could hold. Epiphany brings that to us. And epiphany is that moment of hearing a word or new information or a new experience in which for us, the light just kind of churns on. We see the world differently. We can't unsee what we have seen and we walk with a deeper knowing and a transformation. And so this is a season in which we open ourselves to see and to know at a deeper level. We all seem to walk through this world carrying these deep questions in our soul. Who am I? Where do I belong? What is my purpose? Is there a plan? What worth do I have? We carry it low in our bodies. We rarely share it with others for the fear of it being unfulfilled unknown. But today, I think our scripture gives us a vision to walk towards. It names us again. It names the experiences we go through, life's ups and its downs, its trials, its tribulations, and it says no hope will be that which you are named and which you can hold on to. Hope becomes an anchor in the midst of this epiphany. And it starts before Jesus shows up to this wild John the Baptist in the wilderness, baptizing people and maybe holding them under the water for so long that they feel that it's over, and then bringing them out and go, okay, I want to turn. I want to go in a different direction. Before Jesus shows up to that moment, God has been at work. In the prophet Isaiah, in, verse, in chapter 42 and 43, we hear of God's work through and for the beloved. We see the epiphany of God that has come not just for us, but before us. Because your story is not just your story. Your identity is not just what you claim and create on your own. But you step into a tradition, into a people, into a faithfulness of God's movement throughout this world. In Isaiah we read, Here is my servant, who I uphold, my chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul delights. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice on earth. It continues in verse 9. See, the former things have come to pass, and the new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell them to you. Jesus talks, Isaiah talks, of God's servant, God's beloved, God's community and individual in whom his soul delights. And when God delights in this soul, in this chosen, in this beloved, when God claims identity upon a community and upon a person, that identity moves us, that transformation moves us to walk into this world in certain ways. As people who establish justice 
on earth. As people who bring freedom to others. As people who claim hope even in the circumstances that seem that despair is winning. When God claims a people and an individual as my chosen, my servant, my beloved, both before Christ and in Christ and in us today, that identity doesn't just come with like a big hug. It comes with a way in which we move and walk into this world. Isaiah continues in Isaiah 43, saying, What is this identity to be called God's loved, God's beloved, God's chosen, in whom God delights? He says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. The, the river shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fires, you shall not be burned. The flames will not consume. You are precious in my sight, honored, and I love you. You know what I think is difficult about this identity that God has given and Christ takes on at his baptism? is that there is this, you are loved, I am with you. But it is not a promise that everything will be okay and easy. You will walk through waters, but they won't overwhelm you. You will walk through fires, but but you will not be burned, because the flames will not consume you. I have named you. I am with you. God's naming of a community and as us as individuals, as his creation, as beloved, is not just a simple hallmark card and just says, wanted to remind you I love you. It is an identity which shapes the way in which we live. It speaks to the injustice. It speaks to the mistreatment of the poor. It speaks to the idols in which we worship. It meets us in our exiles, in our fires, in our storms, in the overwhelming waters of our life. We carry this identity. When you walk through the fires and the water. One of the most embodied moments of realizing this in my own life, and I can look back and laugh now, is a time in which I, who love the waters of this world, anytime I see it, just need to jump into them. No matter how cold or what the circumstances, I just kind of have this like manifesto in my life. If there is living water, I will jump into it. And so I've done so many times in my life, and that's also led me to a deep love for fly fishing, in which I rarely catch anything, but I just get to stand in the waters and observe. One time I was fly fishing with my good friend Eric, and the waters were high. And as we were fishing, I could see that on the other bank, it's always on the other bank that there's fish. So I decided to cross, and as I crossed, the water came up higher and higher and higher, and it was moving pretty fast, things you should never do. But I got to the other bank, and I was right. There were fish, and I stood there for an hour as the water was at my hips and just trying to hold as I kept catching fish again and again. My friend Eric saw me and came and crossed with me, and we sat there and we fished together for a while. 
There were others out there who looked at us and said, those guys are idiots because they're not going to make it back. We turned to walk back only to realize trying to hold my legs for against the current of the waters and life, trying to hold that for an hour made them pretty weak. And so we began to walk back and I realized I couldn't keep my feet under me. And I began to slip and I began to fall. And if I would have gone, I would have gone. Not too far down, it dropped off. I started to stumble and I thought, well, at least this is a good way to go. My friend Eric, who's taller, stronger, bearded, and had a staff as well, walked with me and put his arm around me, and we both began to walk together. It got scarier and scarier in realizing, like, that was so idiotic that what we did. He begins to yell at me. He says, we're going to make it, Will. I promise. Just hold on to me. Hold on. And we just walk step by step by step together. Him yelling at me the entire time. Now the waters of that river compares nothing. It compares nothing to the waters I have watched people walk through in my life. And I have in my own life. And the people that Isaiah and Christ walked with, the waters they had walked through. I have seen many walk through the waters of a lost job and a lost dream. I have seen many walk through the waters of broken relationships, medical woes, identity crisis, battles with depression, anxiety. I have seen people walk through the waters of a lost parent, a lost friend, the death of a precious child. These are the rivers that can overwhelm our life. And to all of these waters that life brings our way, God cries out, do not fear, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. The river shall not overwhelm you. And so when we take on the identity of beloved of servants, of those in whom God delights. We take on the identity of ones who, when we walk through the fires and the waters that seem to overwhelm us in our world, we know that there is a God that is with us. Though we may not see it clearly. But we also walk into these places in our world as a people who hold on to that hope, who hold on to that truth, and who bring it into this world and into others, and for others. To be a community labeled and chosen, beloved community, means to walk in the ways of the servant that Isaiah is talking about. It means to walk in the ways in which Christ walked through this world. I love worship. I love singing. I love talking about how amazing Christ is and God is because that's an important part of it all. You know what else is a part of worship? Is the way in which we walk as beloved 
with the identity that Christ had in this world to the margins, to those who are overwhelmed, to the places that are fighting despair, as we are called not just to look up and praise Jesus for what he did, but we are called to live as Jesus lived in community together in this world. That is a holistic picture of worship. That Christ's identity is not just for Christ, but it is for us. It has been disposed and given to us that through Christ we are called beloved. And so with that comes a responsibility. With that comes a way in which we learn to sacrifice and love others, sometimes even our own selves. Can you hear it? Can you hear the waters rush to the center of your own soul this morning? I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are precious in my sight, honored, and I love you. And so walk into this world transformed by the way in which I have named you. Jesus steps into this tradition. He came to Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John would not have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered, let it be so now. For it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the waters, suddenly the heavens were opened, just like in the day of creation, were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit, the wings of God, descending like a dove, alighting on him. And the voice of heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved, and with whom I am well pleased. Christ steps into the tradition of Isaiah. He fulfills it, and then he gives it to us. So that these words are not just for Christ. You are my child, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased, but they become our very clothing we dress ourselves on every day. But it begs to ask the question, do we believe that God is love? Is love and God's love a real thing in this world? That love is the very ground of our being and our life. Can you buy into that? Can you believe that? Can you have hope in that? I think for a lot of us, that's what we're holding on to when we hold on to an image of God as one of love. But this passage pushes us just a little bit further. Not just can you believe that there is love in this world, that God is love, and that through Christ we see this love embodied, but can we take the greater leap, the true epiphany that is offered to us this morning and every single morning to believe that God's love for you, that it is not just like a general type of love because God has to do it. That's just part of the character of God. But this is a true love, a naming of who you are. You are precious in God's sight, honored and loved. What does it look like for us to believe that we are truly loved? I know you've met these people who believe it. You've seen it. 
Usually they're, they're older and they've walked through many fires and many waters. They've been stripped of everything and found their belovedness at the core of it all. I want you to imagine in your mind that person that moves through this world with some deep understanding that they are loved. Imagine the way in which they live, the way in which they hold that identity. One of my guesses is that the person you're imagining has experienced a lot of gravitas, a lot of weight from this world. They have walked the ways just like the people walked out of Egypt. They have a sense of freedom in their eyes. There is a creativity to them. There is a compassion. There is a humility. There is a confidence in who they are because at their core they believe they are loved. Not just because God has to, but because God wants to, chose to. Last night as I spent time with Robert's family sharing stories. 4 a.m. in the basement, and the stories began to just roll out. His dad shared a story of Robert on his freshman year of college, and the parents came for a visit. And they saw Robert from a distance, And before he saw them, they saw him. And they said, the way that he was walking in this world was so beautiful and free and a little awkward. He was literally dancing with his arms as he walked. And his dad looked upon him and was filled with joy because Robert seemed to be walking with a different rhythm. He seemed to be walking from a different place where it wasn't as concerned of like, what does everyone think about me right now? He walked as one who believed he was loved. It brings joy into our life, and I believe Jesus walked with this kind of joy. It also brings responsibility in which when we see those who are hurting, which those who are pushed down by the systems of our world, we walk with them. Because this is what it means to walk as Jesus walked in this world. This is what it means to walk as beloved. It also means, most importantly, we do not walk alone. John comes and says, Jesus, you're supposed you should baptize me. There's kind of an authority issue, I think, that you should go for this first. And Jesus, in this beautiful way, says, No. I need you, you need me. Let's fulfill this together. This wasn't about just Jesus coming to this earth and doing it on his own. It was about him building and creating and launching and birthing a community that would live into this world and walk differently. How does God's love and promise presence become an epiphany that may transform your life. A life where you begin to be filled with self-compassion. 
when you just want to beat yourself down, when you want to talk about how horrible you are, the beloved sends a different message. How does this identity that we share with Christ change our sense of belonging? That this isn't a world just about us as these objects, these subjects in which we walk the world and get what we want, but we belong together with others, with all of creation. How does it change our sense of purpose, change the way in which we move together in this world? Do not fear, for I am with you. When all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. Jesus also. My friends, Jesus gets in line with us all. He's not distant from our story and from our life. Jesus also was with the poor, the rich, the religious. He also got in line with the soldiers that were in line. You see, as Jesus steps into line with, humil- with humanity, it is a step of such divine humility. Because nothing is more humbling than a line, right? You're at the DMV, you're, you're at Orange Julius, you're in line, and you just like are like, what am I doing as a human, right? There's, there's something about lines that make us remember we're part of this humanity. Jesus steps in line to be baptized. He enters the same water that those who were broken entered. Jesus steps into this incarnation. He becomes an incarnation into this world is called beloved and lives from that place. Jesus also knows the things that you have gone through, are going through, and will go through. Jesus also has suffered and died. Jesus also claimed hope and resurrection. Jesus was called beloved with whom my soul delights, and you also receive that identity to the core of who you are because we join him, because he has first joined and loved us. Every week we put out this water to remind us of our baptism. Every week I touch this water And anyone can, just in case if you're ever wondering. Touch this water to remind ourselves, my beloved with whom my soul delights, follow me. My friends, may we walk together in the way in which Jesus walked. May we live as a community for the sake of others. May we worship not just with song, not just through bread and wine, but with our very lives. You are my beloved, and with you I am well pleased.